You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ready to get this Wednesday morning cranked up and rolling here on BOL Daybreak. It is Wednesday, January the 15th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, helping to get your Wednesday going with a cup of the Crimson Tide, as we like to call it, here on Daybreak. We do this three times a week. This is the Hump Day edition. Let's get right to it. Perhaps you're still trying to recover from that Monday night national championship game between the LSU Tigers and the Tigers of Clemson. 42-25 LSU closes out a perfect 15-0 season. And for the SEC, the 11th national championship on the gridiron since 2003. During that span, four different programs have contributed to the total. Of course, Alabama with five of those 11 national championships since 03. Ten of the last 14 national champions in college football, dating back to the BCS era, have come from the Southeastern Conference. And again, three of the programs who have done that were from the SEC West. Four programs in total, three from the SEC West, of course, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, um, well, Nick Saban, we talk about the 11th national title. He's been personally responsible for more than half of those. He had the first one in 03 in that stretch at LSU. And then, of course, five more as head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you talk about even these last 11 years, even in years in which Alabama didn't win national championships, you still had Auburn win it all in 2010. And then Monday night, LSU gets it done. So uh, the SEC West, forget about divisions. You could make an argument for the West as the best conference in all of college football. Hey, let's uh, send some kudos out as we get things going on this Wednesday morning. How about Josh Jacobs, rookie running back for the Oakland Raiders, the former Alabama standout named the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year in the National Football League by the Pro Football Writers Association. Josh Jacobs in year one with the Raiders organization, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, as we know, averaged 4.8 yards per carry. And you hear that and you think, eh, you know, 4.8. You see guys in college averaging well over six. Well, anything over about three and a half, and the NFL is considered more than acceptable. So 4.8, that's that's a, that's a really nice number in the NFL as far as yards per carry go. 1,150 rushing yards for Josh Jacobs during the 2019 season. Seven rushing touchdowns. Hey, not bad value at all, right? For a guy who went 24th overall in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. Here's a stat for you. Josh Jacobs is the first Raiders rookie to surpass 1,000 rushing yards in a season, and he was the only rookie in the NFL this season to do so. So when you think about all-time greats at the running back position in Raider history, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, those guys didn't do 
what Josh Jacobs did this year as rookies. Now, it's a little bit of a skewed stat. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be transparent here. I'm going to come clean with you and give you the rest of the story as uh, Paul Harvey, if you're old enough to remember Paul, as he would say. Um, Marcus Allen as a rookie with the Raiders, that was a strike-shortened season. So Marcus Allen played in fewer than 10 games as a rookie. So there's that. And then you had the Bo Jackson situation. Bo, of course, with that controversial selection by the Tampa Bay Bucks in 86 and the decision from that by Bo that he would just sit out that year and play baseball. Well, Bo was doing the two-sport thing. So he didn't join the Raiders um, in 1987 until about halfway through the regular season. So look, there's a little bit of an asterisk there with that stat, but it still sounds good, right? Still sounds real good coming off the tongue. Wednesday night, tonight, Coleman Coliseum, you've got a big basketball game. Alabama and Auburn, 8 o'clock tip-off. That game, if you can't make it, it's going to air on ESPN2. Uh, it's the first of two games for Alabama against Tigers. You got the Auburn Tigers in here tonight. And then coming up Saturday, uh, sort of mid-afternoon, 2.30 tip-off on Saturday, the Tigers of Missouri come to Tuscaloosa, fresh off a thumping at the hands of Mississippi State last night just down the road there in Starkville. That was a win Mississippi State desperately needed at 0-3 entering that contest. Uh, but you'll have Auburn tonight. You'll have Missouri uh, come the weekend. And, of course, as we know, Auburn comes in here at a perfect 15-0 on the season overall, 3-0 in the league. Meanwhile, Alabama at 8-7 and and 1-2 and in the conference. Alabama leads the all-time series by a wide margin at 96-64. to But the Tigers took both meetings a year ago between the teams and have won five of the last seven meetings in the series. So Auburn transitions from a dynamic backcourt of Bryce Brown and Jared Harper. No problem so far. Javon McCormick, Samir Doughty, uh, they just keep right on trucking, Auburn. McCormick comes into the game tonight tied for fourth in the SEC and assist at a little more than five dimes per contest. Austin Wiley in the post. He is a top two rebounder in the SEC to this point of the season at 9.2 rebounds per game. You've got the top two scoring teams in the SEC squaring off tonight. Alabama one, Auburn two, both north of 80 points per game, and they like to get up the three-point shots. If you like three-point shooting, tonight's your game because in Auburn, you're talking about a team right around 25 attempted threes per contest. Alabama right around 29 threes per game attempted. And even after that four-for-21 effort by Alabama from beyond the arc at Kentucky last Saturday, Alabama still ranks second in the league in three-point field goal percentage, uh, right around 36%. Auburn, on the other hand, checks in seventh in the league at 32% from downtown. A little bit of a surprising stat, perhaps, with these teams in that these are also the top two rebounding teams in the league. 
So while you think about the perimeter-based attacks for both these teams, uh, they've both done a good job on the glass. Now, some of that may have to do with all the threes they shoot. Uh, when you miss threes, there's typically long rebounds. Uh, and so that can play a role in it as well. But, again, Auburn has more of that consistent post-rebounder you typically associate with a good rebounding team uh, with Wiley there. You know, whereas Alabama, it's been more by committee. You've got five different Alabama players who enter tonight's game averaging more than four rebounds per game. In fact, John Petty, again, a guy you think about uh, is a three-point shooter, a guy who is averaging right around a 50% make rate from three right now, uh, actually leads Alabama in rebounding at a little more than seven boards per game. So a little bit different ways in which they get there on the glass, but uh, to this point, they've gotten there nonetheless. Uh, Petty and Kyra Lewis, as you know, from the Alabama perspective, leading the way from a scoring standpoint, both right around 16 points per game. Jaden Shackelford mostly off the bench, next up at 12 points per game. Um, You know, uh, what you like, too, going into this game, even though you are coming off the loss, uh, for for Alabama, uh, when you when you talk about Herb Jones and the performance he had from over the weekend, 18.7 rebounds, four assists for the multi-talented Herb Jones, and the stat you might like best of all about that performance is that in 34 minutes of action against Big Blue, just one turnover for Herb Jones, and really as a team. Alabama of late trending in the right direction when it comes to taking care of the basketball. What was a real problem for this team in the first, what, 10 games or so of the season? Uh, You're seeing improvement there. Just eight turnovers in all against a really talented Kentucky club uh, last weekend. So you've got a huge hoops game tonight at Coleman Coliseum. You're going to have another visit coming up this weekend from a conference foe. In Missouri, shifting gears back to football, Alabama uh, finishes eighth in the Associated Press poll. We learned that on Tuesday, marking the 12th straight year that the Alabama Crimson Tide has recorded a top 10 finish in the Associated Press poll. You know, when we talk about the what bowl games mean outside of the college football playoff or you know, when we had the BCS championship game and things like that. Well, if you're into stats, like consecutive top 10 finishes in the Associated Press Bowl, turns out that 2011 Capital One Bowl, as it was known at the time, now, of course, it's known as the Citrus Bowl, that turned out to be a a, a nice win, a meaningful win, because that was a three-loss uh, team in the regular season, as you recall, back in 2010. Uh, a team that, when you consider metrics and, and talent and star rankings and all those things from the recruiting perspective and even the sort of the fruit that it produced for the 2011 NFL draft, I think you had four first-round picks off that 2000 team that went 9-3 and three in the regular season. Uh, to finish that season by thumping Michigan State in a fashion in which Alabama – 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com was able to finish 10th uh, in that final poll in the AP for the 2010 season. It looks pretty good now, doesn't it? When you start talking about a 12-year streak of top 10 finishes, maybe in retrospect, some of these games mean more than we give them credit for uh, in real time. Also of note, as it relates to Alabama football, LSU will be moving forward without one-and-done passing game coordinator Joe Brady. Joe Brady. The prodigy at just 30 years old headed to the National Football League's Carolina Panthers after a historic season assisting that LSU offense. Brady's set to become the youngest offensive coordinator in the NFL. And look, I don't think uh, many tears are being shed in West Central Alabama as it relates to losses for this LSU program moving forward. Primarily because it's something Alabama's dealt with seemingly each and every year for about a decade now. So, welcome to the neighborhood, LSU. I think that's the sentiment for most Alabama fans uh, as it relates to Joe Brady moving on. And then, of course, you know what we're going to continue to find out in the coming days where draft eligibles are concerned that we saw on Monday night. Both those teams, Clemson and LSU, uh, had some guys that had some decisions to make. And, you know, you're already seeing way too early top tens and the like for the 2020 college football season. Uh, I think you'll get a much more definitive idea of what exactly some of the anticipated players for college football playoff spots for the next season look like in the uh, as the deadline for draft eligibles and having to make that decision looms coming up on Monday, January uh, the 20th. Uh, you still have Najee Harris out there that we still haven't heard anything definitive from uh, as of the taping of this podcast anyway. Although, again, social media strongly at least hinting that uh, as Tim Watson has been reported there at BamaOnline.com uh, looking like a potential return for a senior campaign with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, you're going to have some recruiting weekends also coming up here in Tuscaloosa. Not much in the way of numbers because you know, pretty much the work was done uh, leading up to the early date in December. Uh, but still, a couple of weekends in which Alabama is going to look to close out this 2020 cycle uh, as strongly as it possibly can. Uh, coming up this weekend, as reported by our outstanding recruiting staff there at BamaOnline.com, Hank South, and also Tim Watts, Javon Baker, the wide receiver commitment who did not sign during the early period, expected on campus for an official visit in Tuscaloosa this weekend. And also, as you've learned, if you've been tuned to BamaOnline.com, Georgia commitment Cedric Van Pran, Van Pran, that may be pronounced, uh, is expected now in Tuscaloosa this weekend, an interior lineman on the offensive side of the ball. So a couple of visitors anticipated for the upcoming weekend, then perhaps a couple more 
for the weekend of the 24th. And then before you know it, we're going to be to that traditional first Wednesday in February, whatever that's worth anymore, because of how the the early date seems to uh, be dominating uh, the landscape and the, the storylines more and more, it seems. You're also going to have Senior Bowl Week that we'll be getting more into on the website there coming up in the next few days. Senior Bowl Week with the completion of the college football season. We are officially about to become immersed in the draft process leading up to uh, April Selection Show as it's become. Traveling Selection Show now for that NFL draft. From the Alabama perspective, you're going to have a couple of outside linebackers, Terrell Lewis, Anthony Jennings representing Alabama down in Mobile, Raquan Davis from that defensive line, and Jared Maiden, sort of the other safety, probably no sort of about it. I mean, Xavier McKinney being talked about as a potential first-round pick. Uh, so you'll certainly have those four players taking part uh, in senior bowl work. Uh, and so there you go. That's kind of the table set for you on this Wednesday morning. Again, as we head into a big night of college hoops here in Tuscaloosa and uh, the BOL roundtable. We'll have game updates there for you throughout the evening. And really, anything as it relates to Alabama, uh, running commentary, breaking news, that roundtable there at BamaOnline.com is the place for Alabama Crimson Tide fans. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Join us again on Friday when BOL Daybreak returns on the Built by Bama online podcast.